my last video with Yuval, what's his name? Yuval Noah Harari was C-E-N-S-O-R-E-D. You know, I could probably just say it. It was censored. So if you are watching this, my last episode on Yuval Noah Harari, the author of Sapiens, the top advisor to Klaus Schwab and the globalist regime was censored on YouTube and taken down and banned me for one week. By the way, if somehow you hear barking, that is my dog and she's a good dog. So I want to take a little time out today to do something a little bit different than what I normally do. I've been talking a lot about the globalist regime. And again, if you're listening to this, which you only can be listening to this because the YouTube video won't be put up for a week because I'm banned for a whole week because I talked about the top advisor, Klaus Schwab, who's also the author of Sapiens, excuse me. And so that's really dark stuff and not really, I don't know, optimistic to say the least. So I want to take a few minutes out to explain why it's the greatest time to be alive ever. Okay. First of all, Let's understand why there's friction in the marketplace and why there's friction in, in the world today. We are in the information age. We are transitioning to the information age. We are transitioning to the metaverse, which Palmer Lucky, who's, who founded um, Oculus and now Andrew, the defense uh, contractor who builds defense systems, another unicorn, has said that metaverse is the last phase of human society. Okay, it doesn't, there's nothing past that. And if you read the sovereign individual, they call it cyberspace. Okay, that's the metaverse, essentially. Saying things like, you can do micro incisions via, you know, you can do surgery via remote jurisdictions, like actual physical localities in a different location, because through, you know, the internet or through the metaverse, you could do these like, you know, micro incisions from a world away almost in real time because of what we're going to be building with AI and automation and stuff that's going on right now, except I would say, you know, it's been tested in, in hospital systems like that since the nineties. And now I think it's really going to take off to a whole different level, especially when we start wearing things like, you know, maybe it's success, maybe it's someone else, but the Apple glasses that will come out soon. But the point is, is that there's been no time in definitely recorded human history to be alive. A, it's the safest it's ever been, despite everything you think. You can read that in Better, uh, Better Angels of Our Nature, which is by Pinker. Stephen Pinker, I believe his name is, a uh, Harvard professor. And it's not even remotely close. We used to be in tribes. We used to get in wars all the time. We used to fight people because they look different. Now we live in societies where everybody's different. And for the first time in history, really, across the globe, we really have been kind of following the same media, give or take, in different countries. So it's the most similar people have been across different countries in the whole world ever. We're all very similar to one another, more so than we ever have been. And I find that really interesting because that's a good thing and a bad thing. The good thing is you're, you can relate to so many people or so many people can relate to you. And what's going to happen is, is that people who are not only hyper-specialists in certain things, like, I don't know, telling you about the news of, you know, objectively what's going on, critiquing powerful systems in real time, and you trust their opinion or they've gained your trust and they can monetize their audience of quote unquote, Kevin Kelly, founder of the wire, a thousand true fans where, Hey, you might be paying nine ninety nine a month for your content from, you know, this group of people or from that person. And that person 
through a thousand people having subscriptions could literally have a great life and make $10,000 a year living anywhere and literally just having a microphone like this, a screen, not being banned from YouTube like me, listening on Spotify, listening on the web, listening on Substack, anything. Ownershipeconomy.substack.com plug. Um, so it's never been a better opportunity to do what you love, become really good at it, do it day in and day out, and be able to monetize that thing. So if you loved playing baseball, want to be a pro baseball player, and you want to do something with baseball, well, think about it. You could do something on your local team. You can create a podcast that goes really deep into the Mets and the day-to-day, or you do YouTube videos of the Mets history, and you become really good and a trusted public figure by the by an audience, any audience, a thousand people on the internet, which is not much. There's so many people that aren't even on the internet yet. Think about the people that aren't even on the internet yet. If you're listening to this, most likely you've been super fucking blessed to let literally have the internet for so long during web 2.0 and now on to 3.0. I mean, literally you probably order all your, you probably order groceries online from your phone. You definitely communicate, send emails, do FaceTimes, do Zooms. You probably read books on your Kindle on your phone or the books app on Apple. Listen to podcasts at will whenever you choose to. Well, you can be that person you're listening to if that's what you want. And this isn't just podcasts and content creation. You can love editing videos and you can edit for someone and be a producer of a series or something. Um, you know, you can write and you can become an expert on a certain subject and create really good free content and then gated content on Substack or on Review or a whole, which is R-E-V-U-E, a whole bunch of newsletter sites, you know, button down that email. There's so many. Or you can use like a Notion and put in a member stack or do Webflow and put in Outseta. There's so many integrations or do Outseta into Circle via SSO integration, which is basically a direct login and have an awesome community with paid content, free content. You can have a community, you know, managers and hosts that like take it to the next level and you can utilize your community to grow. I really believe in the bottoms up approach. So I really believe in getting that foundational audience of diehard people who really would not use any other product or literally love your product, just want more things or things change and you listen to that feedback. This is if you're creating product, you might provide services for people. There's so much opportunity. Abundance is massive. It's the most abundant the world's ever been. I say that, although it's probably always been abundant, it's really just your perspective on the world. You can either see the world as being abundant or you can see it as being scarce. You can see the world through a positive lens and then be on the same energy and wavelength, as kooky as that sounds. Do you realize that when you feel shitty and things are shittier, that shitty things fucking stick to you? There's a reason for that. You're on that same level that energy level. There's ways to measure that and you're going to attract that. I mean, you are what you repeatedly do. It's true. And so let me just give you an example of myself. This is over the past year or so, or maybe longer than that, but it's really taken off in the past year. I wanted to do these micro habit changes and see how my life would take a turn. They were making a bed recording a podcast every day, which is fairly new for me, waking up super early. I mean, for me, I mean, that's five o'clock, six o'clock, getting the day started early, going to bed early, um, eating well. And would you believe it or what? When I started doing all those things at once after doing writing uh, what I'm grateful for every night, doing a gratitude journal, 
Well, when you keep doing that, it's kind of like the black magic of compounding interest where you do it for a long time and see nothing. And then all of a sudden you're just a fucking rock star. And I'm not saying I'm a rock star, but I'm saying that if I keep it up, I very well can be a fucking rock star. But so can you. And that's the whole point. So I talk about this globalist regime. I talk about this stuff that's like pretty negative. But from what I know, with what no code brings, what the democratization brings with, with crypto and tokens, the token economy, and being able to create community to connect with people immediately from your phone of anywhere in the world, communicate, help each other grow. There's not this one massive community. Things are going to be more localized than ever. You're going to have local, 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 hyper-local communities that help each other out and that are super close. Things are actually going to become less unified and global and, you know, quote-unquote one-size-fits-all, even though that's never the case. Everything's going to be very personalized. It's going to be very, you know, small groups of people that are really like listening to the same person or following the same people or consuming the same content. It's going to be these pockets, these niches. If you love Star Wars, you're going to be in that Star Wars community or maybe your favorite character of Star Wars. Or if you like a sports team like the Cleveland Browns, then maybe you're in the, I don't know, Deshaun Watson or not Deshaun Watson because all the controversy that's going on with him. But I want to read a couple things, and I haven't gone through this in great detail, but it was a few things I've already highlighted that relate to why it's the best time to be alive now. And I truly believe from the bottom of my soul that you can do things now as far as even create the barrier to entry of creating a product, a software, a marketplace, an e-commerce store, a store, anything just with a, a phone, with an internet connection and ambition, you can literally... You don't need a million dollars or $2 million. What if you were literally, what if you're a diehard Cleveland Cavaliers fan and you get to document or follow the Cavaliers and, and commentate on them or commentate the games or commentate, you know, off-season interviews and people pay you for some of that content or people really trust you and consume that content and then you monetize it through advertising revenue from, you know, YouTube or something like that. That's possible. You can do whatever you want if you have ambition and you work hard towards it. That was not always true because the cyber economy does not give a damn what you look like, doesn't give a damn what, what you know your physical features are. If you're tall, if you're short, if you're black, if you're white, if you're from America, if you're from China, it doesn't give a shit. They care about the quality of service, the quality of product, and whatever is the highest or most receptive in the cyber economy is what will win. There's no gatekeepers. It's never been more optimal to be an individual and it gives way to uplifting people like never before and truly bringing sovereign um, individuality to everybody. It's not, we think a lot in nation states. We think that's how we're trained in this generation and the generation before us, you know, America or Russia or Ukraine or, you know, Great Britain. It's not like that. It's like world Individual humans, people that are like me, we can find each other all over the globe from the internet. I'm going to read the first couple of things I read. And I'm going to go through this whole book over time but because um, it's fascinating. And I really think we're going to look back and be like, wow, we had the blueprint right here and we like didn't take advantage of it. So chapter one is, I'm not going to read it word for word, just things I've highlighted. But it's called, this was written in 1997. It feels like it was written in 2020. The transition of the year 2000, just change that with 2020, and you pretty much have an accurate depiction of what today's going to be like. The fourth stage of human society, which is the information society. Okay? Here's a quote by Danny Hillis to start off the whole book. 
it feels like something big is about to happen. Graphs show us the yearly growth of populations, atmospheric concentrations of carbon dioxide, net addresses, and megabytes per dollar. They all soar up to an asymptote just beyond the turn of the century, the singularity, the end of everything we know, the beginning of something we may never understand. There's this initial thought that singularity is bad and that everything comes to an end and it's all over with singularity. That's not true. We just don't know. It could be a really good thing. We have these like civilization is going to end or, you know, uh, what is it? Peter Zion's new book is the end of the world is only the beginning. Interesting take on stuff, but humans and people are so resilient. We make it through. We figure shit out and we innovate and we go from zero to one, as Peter Thiel puts it, and we grow and we continue. Civilization isn't going to die. It's just going to look different and you better figure out how to adapt, which we do very well, or be stubborn and literally be what they say, you know, quote unquote, in the politics left behind. But that's a choice. It's not up to the people you vote for. It's not up to the people who run your company if you're an employee. It's up to you as an individual to do what you want to do, what you believe you can do, and then do it even when people say you can't or you're dumb for doing so. Believe in something, go for it, and give it your all. And then when you look back when you're eight years old, you won't say, I should have, only if you don't want to have regret because at least right now in 2022, we do not know how to fix regret. And I think that's something we'll never know how to fix intentionally. So, and when what's, it's what makes every precious moment in your life so damn important. So give it your all, even if you're not good at something, I've learned something in my 33 years of life, which is almost everything that makes someone great, a human great is learn. There are some people born with unbelievable, innate God given talent, like a LeBron James. That is the point zero 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 one percent Almost everybody else, there's someone else in this world that looks like them, that's as tall as them, that weighs as much as them, but didn't work as hard or didn't get there because they didn't try. People who do things over and over and over become really good at those things and become better than everyone else because most people are lazy and don't want to do shit. So if you just do it and you keep going forward, you literally just keep going. If you, like they say, they say what, 80% is just showing up. Honestly, 99% is just doing. It's training. It's what you're doing when the cameras aren't on you. And then poof, you're a 20-year, 30-year overnight success. Those are facts. Those are facts. Ambition with, 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 with real, being a realist, consistency, great support system, and obviously being healthy helps. So... The fourth stage of human society. The theme of this book is the new revolution of power, which is liberating individuals at the expense of the 20th century nation state. That's how we think. Innovations that alter the logic of violence in unprecedented ways are transforming the boundaries within which the future must lie. If our deductions are correct, you stand at the threshold of the most sweeping revolution in history. Faster than all but a few now imagine microprocessing will subvert and destroy the nation state, creating new forms of social organization in the process. This will be far from an easy transformation. So because we have more information than ever, and it's being democratized and getting out to the world where we just didn't know a lot about this corruption. We didn't know of how, you know, government and the world geopolitics operate. Well, now we're getting a glimpse of it. Look at COVID. Look at what has happened. 
Shit's breaking down before your eyes for a reason. Because when people don't tell the truth, they lose trust. And when you don't tell the truth for a long enough period of time, you can't get the trust back. And that holds true for you. That holds true for me. That holds true for governments. That holds true for everyone and everything. So before you choose to lie next time, think that you only have a limited amount of lies left before you're not going to be able to get those whose trust you want back. So be very careful. I want to go to the next part, which is a good thing too, because if your reputation is good and you do the right thing, then you even have a bigger opportunity because reputation is going to be like the single most important thing. And when I say reputation, no, I do not mean what's being talked about like in China with the social credit score. What they're saying is a social credit score is essentially people who do quote, the quote unquote, the right thing, which means saying good things about the government, things that whoever's creating the, the social score, which is the government deems to be good, which is obviously not going against the government, which is complimenting the government, which is probably like going the speed limit or, you know, doing things that the government deems right, not objectively right. What the government deems is right. So what does that mean? That means if you're not in the upper, upper class echelon of the political authority or domain where your social credit score has to be a certain point to be a president or be elected official, which is probably the case, then you're just in the middle or there's people with like horrifically low credit scores that are just straight gangster. And I have this belief that people either want to be in that top echelon, like the elected official, or if they're going to be in the middle, they don't want to be just one of the bunch. They want to be gangster. You look at like being a made man in like, you know, Godfather or Goodfellas or, you know, old stories from the mob, right? And you think about being a made man and how cool that was. Well, shit, are people going to look at people with really low credit scores, which is deemed, quote, bad, but like they're so low that this per like, is that going to be like respect on the streets? Like, are the social credit score is going to get so, like, people are going to be trying to get lower than the other person because it's cool, or it gives you, like, an edge, or, like, hey, no one's going to fuck with me. My credit score is negative 10, bro. Like, what's it going to be like? Because if you're not, you don't want to be the average. No one wants to be just stuck in the middle. They want to stand out. People want to think they have purpose, and everyone does have a purpose, your own unique purpose of life. But if you do have a measurement system, this social credit score, and you're, and you're either in the middle or you're in the total bottom and you're totally considered gangster, which kids could think is cool. Well, are people just going to do really bad shit and society's going to go up in flames because people are just trying to be so gangster that they're going to make the next movie like blow about them. And so they're just going to go light up like bowling alleys and shit. Got to be careful with the credit score. I get the incentive to be really good, but if you're just like upper middle, well, then why not just be really lower and get like the godfather named after you? I worry about that shit. I'm not going to lie. It's a little scary. But not that social credit score. What I mean is, is your reputation, your credibility, your integrity. What people say about you when, what people do when no one else is looking. What people say about you when you're not there. Word of mouth referrals because you are trustworthy or you have been right so many times. You build up credibility in the world. Once you lose that, because everything on the internet is around forever, unless it's censored 
and like taken down, which will never really work in the long run, well, then your reputation, your integrity is everything. Because once you lose trust, once the people lose trust in you, how are you going to monetize what you provide, whether it be a service or a product, if no one really trusts what you're saying? You can't say, like, I'm going to provide you the best service when you've lied 18 times. So it's never been more important to be a spectacular human being in this world, and it will pay massive dividends if you just be a good human being and help others and don't care about what others say, think, or do to you, but you or for you. You do the right thing no matter what and live your life in good faith and just do the right thing because, I mean, like I say a lot, which is doing the right thing is always the right thing. And I think that's always true. More quotes about the information revolution that we are embarking on or have embarked on already for many years now. Now we're seeing the cracks in society from it, which are good cracks and bad. It's going to be a lot of friction and painful and it's going to be tough. But when we do break off, which I'll read how they explain it here. It's actually, I'll read it right now. So the sovereign individual explores the social and financial consequences of this revolutionary change. Our desire is to help you take advantage of the opportunities of the new age and avoid being destroyed by its impact. If only half of what we expect to see happens, you face change of a magnitude with few precedents in history. The transformation of the year 2022 will not only revolutionize the character of the world economy, it will do so more rapidly than any previous phase change. This is what I highlighted right here. Unlike the agricultural revolution, the information revolution will not take millennia to do its work. Unlike the industrial revolution, its impact will not be spread over centuries. The information revolution will happen within a lifetime, most likely your lifetime if you're listening to this or your kid's lifetime if you're listening to this. What is more, it will happen almost everywhere at once. We're all connected now. Technical and economic innovations will no longer be confined to small portions of the globe. The transformation will be all but universal and it will involve, a, here's how they explain it, and it will involve a break with the past so profound that it will almost bring to life the magical domain of the gods as imagined by the early agricultural peoples like the ancient Greeks. To a greater degree than most would now be willing to concede it will prove difficult or impossible to preserve many contemporary institutions in the new millennium. When information societies take shape, they will be as different from industrial societies as the Greece of Achilles, how do you say it, Achilles? was from the world of the cave dwellers. This is a massive shift that we're going under. And you can either criticize and mull over how unfair it is and being alive now is not right or is, is hard. Yeah, life's hard. It's fucking amazing though. 300 trillion to one to be here because your parents laid down at that time and at that second did that thing and then you're here. That's a blessing. And now you can do things that makes the world an even better place. If it is so bad, then do something to make it better. So, and the opportunity to do what you love and also make a living from it is very real and is really up to you to either do it or not do it. And I'm going to give you a little insight. I would suggest doing it. So, a couple more quotes. Next paragraph. The coming transformation is both good news and bad. 
The good news is that the information revolution will liberate individuals as never before. For the first time, those who can educate and motivate themselves will be almost entirely free to invent their own work and realize the full benefits of their own productivity. Genius will be unleashed, freed from both the oppression of government and the drags of racial and ethnic prejudice. In the information society, no one who is truly able will be detained by the ill-informed opinion of others. It will not matter what most of the people on earth might think of your race, your looks, your age, your sexual proclivities, or the way you wear your hair. In the cyber economy, they will never see you. The ugly, the fat, the old, the disabled will vie with the young and beautiful on equal terms in utterly colorblind, colorblind anonymity on the new frontiers of cyberspace. Ideas become wealth. If executed on, I added that part. Merit, wherever it arises, will be rewarded as never before. In an environment where the greatest source of wealth will be the ideas you have in your head rather than physical capital alone, anyone who thinks clearly will potentially be rich. The information age will be the age of upward mobility. It will afford far more equal opportunity for the billions of humans in parts of the world that never shared fully in the prosperity of the industrial society. The brightest, most successful and ambitious of these will emerge as truly sovereign individuals. So essentially, this is the first time ever where even if you make enough money now to, you know, do whatever it is that you want to do, you're still financially tied into the political and economic system with the banking, all that true liberation comes from not only doing what you love, but being free from the political constraints of the economic systems, like the big banks and the taxes and the inflation and having a currency like a Bitcoin or something alike that is digital, can be moved through time and space that can be, you know, you know, uh, it can travel generations or, or, you know, you can leave, you know, generations, you can take to a different location. You can send a million dollars in a blink of an eye or snap of a fingers. Being freed from the monetary system, right? The economic and political system is something that we've never as society, as a society experienced before. So not only are you going to be free and like making, not worry about anyone for being paid. You're going to do your own, uh, whatever you do by trade, you're going to do it great. You're going to make your own money, but you'll also be able to be monetized through your private and public keys from your wallets, your, your electronic wallet. And you'll be able to transact without a middleman, without a bank. People can send to you if they trust you and vice versa. And you can only lose your wealth, not if it's in a bank and they just take it away like they did in Argentina. No, those days are over. It's going to be if someone gets the key that's in your head, which when you come down to like, you know, for someone trying to shake you down, kind of like the government does now with inflation and taxes, it's not going to happen anymore because they can't get it. You can't be robbed. Essentially, no one's going to, it's going to be encrypted with PGP, which is a very strong encryption with, you know, hundreds of primary numbers and, and just the combinations are endless. And it's really special because 
when you don't need a middle person, when you don't need a bank, and you can transact with an individual anywhere in the world in real time, like you can with Bitcoin or close to real time, that changes the game big time. And when the government doesn't have hold over you, which, by the way, I want to go back to saying that we should always question those in power, and our government's very powerful, so you should always constantly question it. It's not a bad thing. It's a very healthy thing. You need to keep powers in check. Okay, we're all on the same team here. If you're listening to this, you're on the same team I am on. <laughs> team human, team normal peasants that just try and operate through this world, winging it and doing everything for the very first time, but doing it to the best of our abilities and moving on. But we are entering a time where we're about to be in the metaverse, you know, in year, in the next decade. We're going to be able to sit with anyone anywhere in the world as if they were in front of us from our glasses and our and our AirPods, whatever it might look like. I don't know what the devices are going to be. But we are going to be able to transact with each other directly. We're going to be able to make stuff with our 3D computers. We're going to be able to send stuff in, or in real time right away, get contracts signed on the spot, get legal documents generated to have a customer or a client. Boom, do, you know, uh, do uh, video visits if you're doing services and whatnot meet people you can go to events virtually it's nuts it's not like zoom how you're thinking of a flat screen you're going to be in the room with people you're going to have sensory you're going to have feeling if you shake someone's hand or perhaps smell or perhaps like just texture long story short it's going to be insanity it's going to be really good as far as liberating people and giving opportunity to the actual people which it should be because there is no cyber economy government. There is no cyber economy taxes. There's no cyber economy anything. It's always going to be for the people by the people, I believe. You're going to have governments try and get in there. You're going to hear, especially in the U.S., digital currencies come about, like China's making digital currency. That doesn't mean it's Bitcoin, okay? That just means that the government can more easily distort money with a click of a button rather than sending out paper or checks or sign stuff. It's not a good thing if your government is in control of more efficient money. They're not, governments aren't good capital allocators. They should provide money to people who are good capital allocators. For example, it's not good for them to, they've spent, I think over the, like the last decade for NASA, I want to say the government like spent something like $400 billion and Tesla or um, SpaceX spent like, I don't know, 8 billion or 40 billion, like 10% of it and accomplished like 300% more or, or accomplished sending a rocket and getting it back landing and NASA didn't even get that. In the defense industry or in NASA with government contracts, you have incentive to do work, but not complete the work or do the work well. You get paid for the work, like, like time materials, plus a baked in profit margin as you go. So you want it to go as long as possible. It's not good. And that's what I mentioned. Um, the founder of Oculus, who's the founder of Andrel, um, uh, 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 Palmer Lucky, who's doing that. Really interesting guy. You can look at, uh, you can YouTube all in podcasts. They just released a video with him speaking. It's very interesting. But we're liberating people right before our eyes. And in order to do something so massive and at such scale, you are going to have massive friction. You're going to have people that had power in the past that want to hold on to the power at all costs. And so you're going to have new people being liberated with power. And then the old establishments doing everything they can to never lose it because people will never want to lose power. And 
that's going to cause problems because they're going to try and tax everything. They're going to try and get a piece of everything as their goal is to stay alive. So as we go through this period in this information age, as we transition into not only the information age, which we're in right now, as you can see, you don't trust the normal outlets that give you information, even though you did 20, 30 years ago, but they were always lying apparently, probably, or maybe they've changed recently. But now you go to people you trust and perhaps you trust me. Maybe you don't. Maybe you stumbled across this because you made an error and clicked on the wrong button. Well, so be it. You're now 32 minutes and 21 seconds in and you're thinking, holy shit, I got an opportunity of a lifetime. I'm going to go out there and get it. Do what you want. Be productive, which is actually means producing goods or services that people want. That's productivity. Okay. I love NFTs. I love where, you know, the, the, the crypto world's going, but productivity is providing value in the form of goods or services as output. That is productivity by definition in an economy. Be productive, master your craft, no matter how long it takes. Be patient, breathe. Well, if you stop breathing, that's pretty, you're pretty, it's pretty done. If, if you know, you're not gonna get very far. Keep breathing, calm, stay focused, and go out and do it the right way. And in due time, it will work for you. It will work for you. In fact, the whole point of this podcast, the original thesis of this podcast was, I'm going around telling everyone, you can have a thousand true fans, thousand true fans. You can get a hundred true fans, hundred true fans paying a hundred dollars, thousand true fans paying $10. You can make a little blah, blah, blah. I'm like, shit, I'm telling people to do this and tell them how to do it. Well, put my money where my, my mouth is. Well, I've always wanted to be a content creator from an audio standpoint because I, I I've always been told I'm a good talker. I like schmoozing. I like to schmooze. Maybe you like to schmooze too. I'm a schmoozer, but schmoozer with substance, substance, I hope. And um, I was like, I'm going to show what it's like to get a thousand true fans with my podcast. So let me start with zero with nothing. So no one could say you, you know, I started with zero, 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 zero. The scoreboard was empty. And I started. This will be the 24th episode. And it's already amazing having so many, you know, hundreds and hundreds of listens and stuff. And um, it's been just amazing to see that people even want to listen. Um, now, will it grow and will I achieve that? I sure hope so. On, on YouTube, um, I think it's like 40 subscribers now from zero about two months ago. I am banned for a week, so who knows what happens. But hey, listen, no matter what, if you're really listening to this, I appreciate you so much. And I promise you, as I promised in previous episodes, I will always tell you how it is. I will be upfront with you. I will be honest with you. I'm dedicating my life to that. My life is literally dedicated to you, to bring you the real news, the truth in real time, like I did in 2017 in Florida with the hurricane. I was in the hurricane on Snapchat showing millions, literally millions of people that the news was lying. The building, the crane that fell didn't fall. The building that got smashed didn't get smashed. It was all chaos for TV. It wasn't true. But I'm bringing you the truth, and I'm always going to bring you the truth. No matter how hard it is, whatever the hell you think, you're going to get the truth, and that's the one thing you can depend on at all costs. So with that, I want to end with this. This is your time. This is our time. You can do whatever you put your mind to. If you're, You just got to be semi-good at it, and then you can get really good at it. 
But if you don't put in the work, nothing's going to fall in your lap. Life is a, is a result of what you do with it. So choose carefully. You can always change direction. And you can always choose to surround yourself with the right people. So don't, things, don't take things personally. Be impeccable with your word. Always do your best and always have something to look forward to. Thank you very much. And I love you all. Thank you.